0: okay let's go to the Lord and then we'll uh, we'll go to John did I say Mark? I said John (laughs) I got to get back in the groove here Lord Jesus we thank you that a long time ago you moved in the heart of John and you told him to write and he did and we can hold it in our hands today we ask that you'd be with us as we look at the book and And as we look at what he wrote and why he wrote it and what he wrote, and may we apply it to our own lives and our own hearts as we go through life here. I thank you for these sweet people who love you, love each other, and love this church. And we ask that you just bless us and be with us. We thank you for being with us and loving us. So be with us now. And we'll be careful to praise you for everything that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, John chapter 12. <clears throat> we started this study the end of June, <laughs> and we're not through yet, so um, it's going to be a while. The first 11 chapters that we've aren't finished last week, Uh, These 11 chapters took place over three years, give or take. The lesson today, and then from 13 to the end of the chapter, 13 to the end of the chapter, all all that is in less than a week actual time. There's going to be a lot of meat that we're going to get especially in chapter 13, 14, 15 and 16 which John by himself gives us the role and the ministry of the Holy Spirit uh, as we've said before uh, John's book is not one of the synoptics by that Matthew, Mark, Luke and, uh, Matthew, Mark and Luke uh, were, were basically the same the same gospel written from th- three different perspectives um, the first story we have here about uh, the anointing of Jesus is is in, all, is in all four gospels a little bit different, it, we'll talk about that in a minute but John, John kind of fills in the blanks after the first the synoptic gospels were written John had a opportunity to to sit back and look and he kind of filled in the blank and as we said from the beginning it's not necessarily in chronological order except when you get to today and and he says before the passover and then we're going to go into holy week and so forth and so on as we go to the end of the chapter up until this time John has talked about Jesus' public ministry, about what he did out in out in society, what he did uh, in, in moving around with the people. Now, he's going to concentrate his teaching on his disciples. Not only just the twelve, but those in particular, but others who are uh, called his disciples. So, so it's, it's going to real get intense as we go forward in these last few chapters. Today we have a, a couple of things to talk about. We have the anointing of, uh, of Jesus' feet. Uh, we, have, uh, we have Jesus that he's telling the folks that he's fixing to go to the cross. And this is like Mark. When we were again through Mark, he, went, he did that several times uh, we talk about him's triumphal entry, uh, and uh, we'll see that as we, we go through this. Okay, um, so John chapter 12, that's beginning in verse, verse 1. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead so they made him a supper there Martha was serving but Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him now when Art talked about the raising of Lazarus last week and and that got everybody's attention (laughs) can you imagine you know being in the tomb and then being raised from the dead it got everybody's attention and the Jews that weren't believers all of a sudden started to believe and this shook the roots of the Pharisees and the scribes because hey they're taking our people away and it was it was from the beginning the scribes and Pharisees were jealous of Jesus and what he was doing and the crowds he was going and and um it, it was, It was. they were kind of fighting for their life. We talked about this in other times that the scribes and Pharisees lasted for about another 80, 90 years after this, and then they faded away, um, and as many things. So he Jesus started off here, and he said, Six days before the Passover, they came to Bethany. Now, Bethany was a little town about two miles outside of Jerusalem. An easy walk, two miles. You ladies walk more than that on a a daily basis. But but, uh, two miles. And if Jesus had a home place when he was in Jerusalem, it was in Bethany. Now, normally we say that this was at the house of Mary and Martha, but if you will turn with me to Luke, uh, Luke chapter chapter eight. Uh, now, uh, the the thing that uh, kind of gets our attention here, uh, Luke Luke t- tells us. In the first few verses of Luke, he tells us that he researched it, he thought about it, he wrote the book after, after doing some very careful investigation. Luke and Acts were both commission works to Theophilus, whoever Theophilus was. But, but they spent a lot of time. He, he, it's not off the cuff. He studied this thing. Well, Luke gives us a little bit about this, this uh, uh, visit to, uh, to Mary and Martha. Just look at verse 8, excuse me, chapter 8, verse 1. Um, he says, soon a- afterward he began going around from one city and village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God, and the twelve were also with him. And also some women... Who had been healed of evil spirits, uh, Mary Magdalene, from which there were seven demons gone out, Joanna, so forth. That's not the scripture I wanted to do, but that 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 does come into play. That <clears throat> that there was there was a lot of um, Marys in scripture. We have Mary the mother of Jesus. We have Mary Magdalene. We have. Uh, several other Marys that, they, that they were there. So Mary Magdalene, uh, this probably was not her uh, there. Um, let me see where I wanted to go with that. Anyway, we'll go back. What, what it does say, let's go to Mark. that's probably the scripture I need to go to Mark 14 yes it is I'm I'm ahead of myself or behind myself one or the other Mark 14 this is the addition that I wanted to say look at verse 3 Mark 14 verse 3 while he was in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper and reclining at the table there was a woman with an astor- alabaster vial, a very costly perfume of pure nard and, and she broke the vial and poured it on his head. The other three, Matthew, Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark and Luke did not call uh, Mary by name but, but uh, John does he says uh, let's continue reading uh, so they made him a supper and Martha was serving but Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him so <clears throat> Mark tells us it was at the in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper so Jesus was a personality and he was coming to town and so uh <laughs> Uh, they said well let's Let's go to Let's go to Karen's house And uh, we'll fix him something To eat there at Karen's house And so all you ladies got together And went to Karen's house And y'all were, were serving the supper So that's what we have here In verse 3 Martha excuse me Verse 2 they were, he was making the supper There at Simon's house In, in Bethany And Martha was serving But Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table, and we'll talk about that because he was very, at this point, a celebrity. Verse 3, Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples who was intending to betray him, uh, why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to poor people? So John had the, had the, the privilege or the knowledge, looking back, uh, knew what G- G- Judas had in his mind because verse 6 said, because he was not concerned about the poor but because he was a thief and he had the money box and he used to pilfer what was put in in it so this uh, alabaster box of pure nard 300 denarii well with this modern technology right or wrong or upside down I googled how much would (coughs) of Mary's alabaster box of perfume cost today. 300 denarii, my commentary says that's a a year's wages. Google said it'd be worth $60,000 today. So she opened a box of perfume and poured on his feet, the cost of a year's wages. And and he uh, he and and Judas said, and some of the other uh, Synoptic Gospels, said, some of the other disciples agreed with him. Why, why you you wasted all this? You know, it was a special time. It was part normally a part of a lady's dowry when she was going to get married. So she he poured it on her feet and wiped her feet with her hair. Verse 7, Therefore Jesus said, Let her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. So again, Jesus is looking forward. Well, he's talking about his death and we'll see in a minute he wasn't necessarily looking forward to his death, but he wanted to do the Father's will. He said, let her alone, for she is going to do this for me. When we go, when we go back to, to Mark and look at, at what he wrote, um, he, he says another thing, and Mark wrote what Peter preached, if you remember us talking about that when we, when we were there but in verse 6 of of Mark 14 let her alone. why do you bother her she has done a good deed to me for you always have the poor with you but whenever you wish you can do good to them but you do not always have me she has done what she could she has anointed my body beforehand for burial truly I say to you Wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will be spoken in memory of her. And we we do, you know, when we remember about the anointing of the hair, we, uh anointing of his feet, and wiping uh, um, them with her hair, we come back uh, with this lady Mary. Um, who she was she was Mary If she was Mary the Beloved uh, which was Mary's Martha's sister it could have been was it Mary Magdalene who scripture says uh, he cast out seven demons if it was another Mary we don't know but this lady was very um, very faithful doing what she wanted to do to anoint Jesus And he was, he was touched and moved and said that everywhere the gospel is preached, this will be said. Continuing on with verse 9. A large crowd of the Jews then learned that he was there. And they came for Jesus' sake only. Excuse me. They came not for Jesus' sake only. But that he might also see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. But the chief priest planned planned to put Lazarus to death also. Because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and were believing in him. So, like I say, you know, it uh, shook the place up when Jesus told Lazarus to come forth. Verse 12. On the next day, a large crowd who had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Now, Jesus had been to Jerusalem, I don't know, hundreds of times. He went there. But this time was special. He had been going there to teach He'd been going there for his public ministry. This time he's going, and he's headed to the cross. And he went with a particular motive. He didn't go on a white horse or with the chariots, not the pomp and circumstance of a, of a celebrity, but as a humble servant riding on a donkey. So let's read. Read that in verse 13. He was coming to Jerusalem, took the branches of the palm trees and went out to bless him and began to shout, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even... uh, Excuse me. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. Jesus finding a young colt donkey sat on it and it was written fear not daughter of Zion behold your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt uh, if your Bible's like mine that's in caps indicating a Old Testament scripture or reference and it's Zechariah 9 9 where where it was um uh, Prophesied that Jesus would come into uh, Jerusalem riding on a donkey's coat. Verse 16. These things his disciples did not understand at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remember that these things were written of him and that they had done these things to him. When we get into the role of the Holy Spirit, like I say in another few lessons, we see this time and time again, that at the point in time that they did it, it, was, it didn't mean anything, or it went over their heads, so to speak. But after the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, after the indwelling of the Spirit in the disciples, It took on new meaning. And they said, oh, that's what he did. That's what he meant. That's what he said. And all of of a sudden their minds were quickened with the things that Jesus had taught them. And John is just saying this as as a kind of a, he's adding his commentary, uh, why they didn't know that. Verse 16 again, these things his disciples did not understand at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written of him and that they had done these things to him. So the people who were there with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify about him. Can you imagine? I mean good gracious, you know, we tell tales over and over and over and over again. Belta cautions me, time, you know, I get strung out on an old tale. And she says, sometimes it gets embellished as you go along. (laughs) Old people do that. So we tell... uh, I've told people, I said, I've told this tale so much, I think it's the truth, you know. (laughs) So, in this particular case, you know, uh, they keep telling, he was in bed, I mean, in the tomb, he was stinking, and yet, he called, said, Lazarus, come forth, and he did. Uh, In Mark Lowry's comedies thing, he has a little thing where he, he, he does, and he, about Lazarus and he comes jumping on stage he said can you see him coming out all bound up and I don't know how it happened but uh, anyway they were continually testifying about him verse 18 for this reason also the people went and met him I want to shake your hand you know you were dead tell me about it how was it What, what happened you know because they heard that he perform this sign. Now, when we John and and the writers and the Jews kept talking about signs, we want to see a sign. All right, we have changed the word sign to miracle. We want to see a miracle. So this 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 word sign, you just put miracle in it, and that's 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 what it is. Um, because he had performed this sign. So the Pharisees said one to another, You see that you're not doing any good. Look, the world has gone after him. So we had a sidebar over here of the, of the Pharisees, the Jewish sect, that knew the first five books of the Bible by heart. They knew every jot and every tittle. And they and they were very jealous to guard their faith, the Jews. And they did everything to circumvent what Jesus was doing. They argued with him. They fought with him. They, well, not literally fought with him, but they they uh, they tested him time and time and time again. And this little group of Pharisees, and this one little verse tells us, says we're just we're just blowing in the wind, you know. We're not doing any good. The whole world is going after him. 2,000 years, this sign of the cross. They tell us, you know, the Library of Congress, which I understand has a copy of every book printed. I don't know if that's true or not. But there are more books written about Jesus than any other person in history. And he's changed the course of the world. He's changed your life. He's changed my life. Simply because he is God's son. And he came to do the Lord's will. Which we will see in just, in just a few verses. Okay. Now we have another paragraph in verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who were going up to worship. At the feast, these men came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and began to ask him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip came and told Jesus. Now, verse 23 says, And Jesus answered them saying. And then he talks about the rest of Christian history in three verses. But just knowing the rest of the story, that's not totally how it happened or not the totality of what happened. When you watch the chosen, which you have, and, and you see that they are filling in the blanks of some things in Scripture. Well, this is one of these ideal times. These Greeks came to Philip. Philip got Andrew. Both had Greek derivative names. And and they went to Jesus. <clears throat> I'm sure they had a good time talking to Jesus. And he he kind of I don't know what he said, <laughs> but, but I'm sure he answered their questions. We want to see Jesus. But there was something that happened theologically when they went to see him. This group of Gentiles want to know about Jesus. Now, when we normally think about Gentiles coming to Jesus, see Jesus, we think about Paul. And his missionary journeys and what he did specifically to people who were non Jews. But Jesus said in in verse one, or John wrote in verse in chapter one of of John that we've all already gone over, he came to his own. This was the group of people that he went to. He didn't go to, he wouldn't didn't go to everybody. You remember a couple of healings. Uh, this Gentile lady went to him and wanted to be healed. And and uh and he says, "Well, I I came to to the Jews first. He said, "Yes, Lord." But she she said, "Even dogs eat from the the table." And 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 he healed her. So the Greeks going to him changed um where Jesus was. And let's look at these three verses uh, that we see here in verses uh, uh, 24, 25, and 26. Let's go back to 23. And Jesus answered them saying the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. So this this Jews, the Greeks coming to see him says okay, now it's time for me uh, to be revealed. It's time for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now, the rest of Christian history is summed up in these verses 24, 25 and 26. Now, let's take them one at a time. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls unto the earth and dies, it remains alone but if it dies it bears much fruit fast forward to 1 Corinthians 15 Paul talks about the resurrection and he talks about he says it's got to die first he says when you plant wheat or plant corn or plant anything it multiplies it comes forth much much more so what Jesus is saying in these little verses there's a substitutional death you know Jesus died first fruit once and for all that many would come from him all of us all of us are uh, are, are subjects are. Or, or came from the fact that Jesus died and rose again. And that fact puts a different kick in our step because of our faith in what he did. So Jesus is saying, you must die and you'll be raised in glory. And that's what 1 Corinthians 15 tells us. When we talk about the resurrection. Verse 25. He who loves his life. Loses it. And he who hates his life. In this world. Will keep it. To life. Eternal. So. We're saying. There's a substitutionary death. And we say in we have to apply this to our lives we have to apply this to our lives you know the gospel song this world is not my home you know some of us want to make it our home Uh, y'all talk about death much Belt and I talk about it more than we should you know I, I told her this week I said we were talking about something and I says the part that bothers me is that uh, 30 days after she plants me I'll be a, just a memory in somebody's book and maybe not even a memory in that, in that and yet I've had a life to live you know have I lived it for the Lord have I've done anything that's, um, that's worthy. Uh, that'll be judged later. But verse 25 says, I need to apply personally to what Jesus has done that I must die daily to Him. Then verse 26, If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, uh, my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Read it again. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will will honor him discipleship part of the slogan of covenant is to make kingdom believers and disciple those discipleship needs to continue i need to i need to die so the Lord can reap I need to be I need to be faithful and follow him and this needs to be to make disciples is what it's all about so um, I think that's maybe a good stopping place for today and we'll pick up here next week and and continue on when Jesus talks about his death and we have some other things okay any, any uh, anything I need to add anything you need to add any questions, comments okay well um, <clears throat> this is Rich and it's going to get richer as we go in, as we've talked about, and we'll see we'll see how how uh, long this goes. Okay, let me. Yes. One thing my Bible says when it says that um, he who loves his life will lose it, it. It says that to love one's life here and now is to concentrate on one's own success so you're looking after yourself but not for God's kingdom you're not actually dying the physical death you're dying a spiritual death that way yeah um